It's another episode of Aaron Patricia, and I completely forgot what number it is. My name is Aaron. My name is Patricia. Um, babe, what number are we on? Um, I think we're on number thirty-three or number thirty-four. Well, I mean, it really depends on whether we count the "As Told by Ginger" live stream as an episode of Aaron and Patricia or not. Mm, so, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So if we were to go by Aaron and Patricia, then we're in episode thirty-four. Yeah. You know, actually, it might be easier. What's that? It's season two, episode one of Aaron and Patricia. My name is Aaron. <laughs> My name is Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be the laziest thing to do. But no, don't worry, everybody. I'll figure out what number we're on, and then I'll just uh, put it up in the title, so the title knows more than I do. So uh, sure. Anyway, um, here's the thing about this. So, um. For everyone who is going to be tuning into this episode is going to be expecting a lot of election talk. But here's the thing about this. Because we did the As Told by Ginger live stream yesterday, there was a lot of news that everybody wants us to talk about, which uh, we've just not got round to because obviously we did the As Told by Ginger live stream instead of doing an episode of Aaron and Patricia. So, uh, yes. And because it went on for like four hours because it was like it was uh, it was a pretty cool episode. Actually, so yeah, uh, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And we'll, we'll be talk-, talk more about that later. Yeah, and on top of that as well, we'll be talking about our thoughts after thoughts on Cinderella three. We'll be talking about uh, Crunchyroll being purchased by Sony. Uh, that's something that's in the works at the moment. Uh, One hundred ninety-six thousand people signed a petition for something to be brought back to uh, network television. We'll tell you more about that as well. Are you afraid of the dark? Is going is casting for season two? Uh, Uncharted movies done filming. Uh, Adam's family's Adam's family t- Tim Burton's TV series is currently taking off too, and uh, there's a fan. Um, asking for some fans asking about uh, who's going to be in it as well. Uh, Tiny Toons reboot, uh, but uh, one particular character will be omitted from this reboot. Uh, we'll be talking about the top t- TV theme songs of all time, the animated series, and uh, whether this is going to be a good or bad top 10. I'm not too sure about this. There's a lawsuit currently going on with Muppet Babies. We'll tell you all about that as well. The Game Boy, after several years of being uh, discontinued, is getting a new game. We'll tell you all about that as well. And Retro Studios is remodeling its HQ, but that is not going to be uh, hindering Metroid Prime 4. Apparently, it's going to be aiding it. So, we'll be telling you all about that too. You are listening to Aaron and Patricia on the 1st of November of 2020. So, before we get into the episode, Patricia, do you want to tell everybody what's going on on the Old School Lane podcast? Yes. So, I have been so busy with you know, preparing for the As Told by Ginger 20th Anniversary Virtual Reunion live stream that I sadly neglected any of the episodes of casual chats or doing any videos. But don't worry, I am planning on doing something very special for Election Day, which is coming up this Tuesday. I'm going to, hopefully, fingers crossed, and hopefully it'll be out on time, I'm going to be discussing about the very last Wienerville special, which is the Wienerville election special from Washington, B.C. And uh, that was the one that came out around 1996, which came out around two years after the show had already ended its run. But they did do some specials. I already discussed about two of them already on Old School Lane. I discussed about the Hanukkah special and the New Year's Eve special. The one that uh, makes this really unique is that I have never seen the Election Day special because for the longest time I couldn't find it online until a few years ago when a dedicated Wienerville fan had posted it on Daily Motion. So I will be seeing this through fresh eyes and see how well it holds up compared to the other two specials that came out. I have to say, you know, uh, a good shout out to the dedicated fans of Wienerville and also dedicated fans all over the internet who find all this stuff. 
style. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, for to, to be quite honest, because that Wienerville around the first season, especially, would be featuring a lot of cartoons from the 60s that uh, were owned by Paramount, such as like Mr. Magoo and The Alvin Show and Gerald McBoing Boing. Um, they were held due to copyright claims and they were never featured on the 90s or all that or the Nick Splat or the Splat or Nick Rewind. So uh, finding episodes of Wienerville is almost impossible unless you had an old VHS recording of it. If it wasn't for the fact that these fans were so dedicated, it would have been considered lost media. Yeah. I mean, so, one thing about it is as well as that, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, in the apex of the video cassette recorder, obviously, um, that has given opportunity for people because at the end of the day, uh, you know, not everybody worked a solid work schedule, so uh, you had to be out or at a particular time, and it's like, oh, good, good gracious, I'm going to miss that episode of Law and Order, I'm going to miss that episode of Wienerville, I'm going to miss that episode of that. So obviously, you know, out there somewhere, I'm sure, is a collection of VHS tapes, probably in someone's basement or probably something like that. These things could be gold because it's stuff on TV that we might actually never see again. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I take it that, you know, maybe sometime 20, 30 years in the future, the same thing is going to happen for streaming side, especially for those that are exclusive to it. It's like, oh, you know, that one TV show that became a cult classic was only featured on QB or Apple TV. Well, you're never going to find it anywhere else. So, you know, hopefully somebody was able to download the video and, you know, d- distribute it online. Otherwise, that will be considered lost media as well. Well, here's the thing about this. Like, it's a, it's not media nowadays is not hard to lose because obviously, you know, DVR still are a thing. And also, uh, you know, you've got, uh, unfortunately, there are still like illegal streams and torrenting and things like that still going on. So the idea of something being lost on the Internet now is pretty much un- unforeseen. I would yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah, you know, un- un- unheard of now, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, um, before we obviously get into all this news that we got, that uh, obviously is not election related, there is a reason for this. So, you could say that this, what we're doing here for Aaron and Patricia is part one of a two-part series that we're doing. The second part is going to be tomorrow, sorry, it's going to be Tuesday evening, which is going to be on our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv forward slash show. We are going to be staying up all night to uh, check out the election and uh, check out all the results that are coming in and also uh, trying to catch up on news that we've all missed as well mm-hmm. so uh and it's not just going to be election stuff you know we're going to do all sort of other sorts of things as well i mean it's uh at the end of the day like uh, we had like uh, a massive troll of uh, stuff that we missed out because of as told by ginger so uh, you know not to say that we didn't enjoy as told by ginger far more than all this other stuff but uh we're gonna have a big massive catch-up in this live stream about everything that we've missed so yeah uh, yeah Okay, anyway, let's get into this, because if we go any further, then we're never going to get into it. So, Okay, so um, 196 people have signed a petition to bring the Peanuts Holiday Classics back to network television. So this is because right now there is an exclusive contract at the minute with um, in regards to licensing that uh, Apple Streaming currently at the minute has the rights to air the Peanuts Holiday Classic special at the moment. So... This is not unheard of. Um, I'm not sure if anyone's heard about the bidding wars for uh, between network TV uh, channels for Elf, uh, which is obviously the Will Ferrell, um, you know, spe- you know, uh, Christmas movie. Um, so this is not new in regards to that, but the fact that. Um, a movie as classic as this uh, requires now you to have an Apple ID. It's really unheard of, to be honest with you. Exactly, yeah. Like, you have to understand that the Peanut specials have been airing on a specific channel, whether it be CBS or ABC or any of those channels. They've been doing that for over 50 years, and it has become a 
a tradition. It's become a staple that we would watch things like it's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown or the Thanksgiving specials or the Christmas specials or any of those things. People look forward to doing this every year. And the fact that it's not going to be on TV anymore, you have to buy a specific streaming service, which is a streaming service, mind you, that is not as big as compared to like Netflix or Disney Plus or Hulu or Amazon Prime. People are really upset. And so, as you mentioned before, 196,000 people have been petitioning to have these things, uh, these specials returned to TV. And um, we just have to wait and see if that's going to happen. But, you know, maybe there might be a case in which it won't happen. It's because, as you guys know, not only are all the specials there, but there's going to be a brand new Charlie Brown and Snoopy show going to be airing specifically on Apple TV. It makes you wonder with uh, this being a thing, I mean, how are these specials actually going to do on the streaming network? That's a good question because, um, now I'm actually curious for you, Aaron, I mean, in the UK, how popular are the peanut specials? Um, People are aware of them. I mean, like a Snoopy was a thing back in the day. Keep sure. this in mind. So, I mean, uh, everyone is familiar with uh, with with Snoopy, with Snoopy the dog, and uh, obviously with uh, that. I mean, that's kind of we kind of knew it as the Snoopy show before we knew it as you know, obviously before Peanuts obviously became a thing. So, I mean, it's um, yeah. In regards to that, it is known here in the UK. Whether it is as popular as like other Christmas specials, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, the Snowman obviously is the is the biggest you know Christmas special in regards to the, you know the UK and things like that. And uh, but uh, in regards to peanuts um i would say that people are aware of it but i wouldn't necessarily say that uh, they you know obviously you know go out of their way to watch it if that makes okay, sense fair enough so you, here in america peanuts are very very popular i mean i would say for like a, a specific generation of those who grew up with the comic strips and the newspapers and for those who would watch the tv shows and even those who watch the movies and the specials and um, I would—I don't know how the newer generation of kids feel about the Peanuts cartoons, but you know, for those who grew up with it, they really love it. They—they they love how Charlie Brown is incredibly relatable. They love how the characters are so intelligent and sophisticated, especially for like if you were to see kids, you know, speaking like this. And yes, I know that for some people, they say that oh, the animation's very rough and it looks cheap and the acting can be a little bit hollow at points, but. I think that what you can understand is that, yeah, they were very limited, uh, especially since, you know, animation back then was pretty limited with what they can do, but they were able to put a lot of work into it. They were able to um, put in a lot of heart and passion to it that really stuck close to the comics. And that's why these characters are still beloved these many years later. And I remember like around the 80s and 90s when Snoopy became really popular. He, he had like the you had the Snoopy and Woodstock um, ice uh, slushy machines. And there was like a whole bunch of Joe Cool and Red Baron t-shirts and dolls and stuff like that. So... Yeah, and also Snoopy even had his own specials, like the uh, the special where Charlie Brown um, was saying goodbye to Snoopy because he was going to look for his family, and he ended up finding his brothers and sisters again after you know they were born and raised on the farm. So um, I think that with um, you know the uh, and you know they tried to uh, bring back the Peanuts uh, characters with the Peanuts movie from Blue Sky Studios. So um, I think that, you know, the fact that Peanuts has been around since practically forever for a lot of people, it's like, 
it, it's become a staple. And I think that the fact that people are like really upset that it's going to be going over to uh, another streaming service, which is like, okay, now I need to pay this amount of money so that I can watch the peanuts every year. It's like, I mean, if you don't have it on DVD, then yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a problem for a lot of people. But yeah, these characters are just as beloved as like Mickey Mouse for Americans. Yeah, I think they take the attitude of like, oh, hey, there's like other Christmas specials you can watch. So like, you know, if you um, you know, if you uh, you know, if if you want to watch this one in spe- specifically, you have to subscribe to our network, and if not, you have to go watch the other ones. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, which is kind of sad when you really think about it. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, next bit of news. Uh, Sony is, is reportedly going to be punch- purchasing Crunchyroll for $957 million. Now, I get that Crunchyroll, and Patricia told me about this before we started the show, and that is that Crunchyroll's been in a bit of trouble. And I think some anime studios have also been struggling as well. But, I mean, it's sad to think that uh, its savior, unfortunately, is going to be Sony. You know, Yeah, and, and you have to understand that... You see, even though that anime has become a lot more mainstream today than compared to 20 or 30 years ago, it's still a very niche thing. Um, Every time that a movie would be distributed in theaters, like uh, One Piece Gold or Yu-Gi-Oh! The Dark Side of Dimensions or any of the Dragon Ball Super movies, they make money, but they don't make remotely as much money as, say, like... Uh, a movie based off of a popular TV show or even a Pixar or DreamWorks movie. So um, with streaming services, for sure, um, I think that, um, again, it's a very niche thing. It's like if you want to go over to watch a specific anime, then you need to have a Crunchyroll account. And, you know, once again, it's another streaming service, but specifically it is for anime. But anime has become a lot more um, distributed. Like, I'm seeing anime on Netflix and Hulu now, and uh, I think that Crunchyroll was in a bit of trouble, so I guess... Well, you know, I mean, Crunchyroll, Crunchyroll had uh, a, a, what I thought was a sensible business plan. The, the anime uh, fandom is phenomenally huge, and yes. it's not just restricted to Japan anymore. Americans also consume this, uh, inf- this uh, product as well. So Crunchyroll are way within their rights to turn around and say, okay, Here's a streaming service. We've got all the anime you want in here and then some. And all you got to do is just pay a fee every, every month and you can watch as much as you want. And, you know, what more could an anime fan ask for? You know, sure. like, the other thing they could do is basically, you know, start posting manga through their door on a monthly basis. You know? Yeah. Like, and here's the thing. Like, if you remember a few years ago, Sony had purchased the rights to Funimation. And they real and you know because Funimation was the one who were distributing you know a lot of these movies into theaters like uh, Dragon Ball uh, Dr- the Dragon Ball uh, Super movie with Broly and One Piece Gold, and I guess you know Sony wants to get a conglomerate on anime because they've been seeing about how uh, you know anime is now becoming a lot more mainstream. So I guess it's like you know, every other place is going to be like a chokehold of, you know, other places to have anime and Sony anime. Yeah. Sony studios is, uh, I wouldn't necessarily call a safe pair of hands for like a product like this. I mean, keep this in mind. They have Sony animation studios within their portfolio. And couldn't you see them basically turn around and say, yo, you know, let's, let's uh, do a cost cutting measure. Let's just merge the two together. You know, oh no! Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And I'm talking about that as well. Um, last time I remember with the whole PlayStation Online thing, like they were not 
very cool on adult related material like uh, you know what i'm talking about there and uh, you know a lot of these studios are uh, who are now on crunchyroll have been involved in this type of work so can you imagine when sony you know wraps its tentacles around it and uh, you know pardon the pun but uh, i mean once they get their hands on it and uh, you know i could probably imagine there's going to be a lot of um, they'll probably have a a good look through Crunchyroll, probably look at some of the studios they don't want to deal with and probably kick them off their platform. Uh, yeah, I can see true. them doing that. I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to say. It's like, you know, uh, it, you, you want to have anime distributed more worldwide, but then if, you know, a company like Sony wants to be able to milk it for all it's worth and, you know, kind of like distribute, you know, some parts of anime or even make movies, like if Sony Animation Studios and Crunchyroll were, or even Funimation want to make, you know, like a specific movie that is based off of an anime for an American audience, then the, then the hardcore fan base is not going to be happy. Yeah, I mean, you know, Sony could probably deny it and say, oh yeah, well, uh, we're, we're going to keep Crunchyroll the way it is. And if they do that, then great, you know, they could, you know, budget it all day long, you know, uh, ramp it up with as much uh, funding as possible and, uh, you know, get, get the whole world to look at it and everything like that but uh, knowing sony's track record in in this regard like uh, they've always been pretty hands-on for stuff like this and it wouldn't surprise me too much if they like have like a really big say in like you know transform crunchyroll or something that it's not now you know yeah so. exactly so i don't know what to tell you mm -hmm. anyway moving away from that um we're quickly gonna go do some afterthoughts so uh cinderella 3 um a twist in time uh, was our latest review that were released on uh, old school lane in uh, in our uh, podcast series in search of the crystal skull and uh, so um yeah i mean in regards to doing this review i mean obviously it was i knew it was going to be very comfortable to do because obviously it's like uh, one of like the few good director disney director dvd disney sequels that they mm -hmm. did the ones that actually are good you know the other one being lion king one and a half and so um yeah i mean like so i had a pretty easy ride with this and you know it's uh looking back at it now like if i had to if i had to watch a, a cinderella again and had to watch a sequel to it then obviously i would go with cinderella 3 and obviously the original movie yeah know, exactly like, yeah. Yeah, like, it, may, it kind of makes the second movie redundant when you really think about it like you know you don't need to watch the second movie to kind of get what's going on in the third one not even close it's just the the difference is is that oh why are they focusing on Anastasia all of a sudden or um, that I think that's the only thing it's like um, I'm sure there are some characters that are featured in Cinderella two such as uh, one of the servants from the palace and then she was featured in the third movie but other than that you're right I mean you don't even have to watch the second movie in order for you to watch the third movie so I guess you could say that the second movie I, I mean I even stated this in the um uh in the in the uh, podcast that that this it could have been a possibility that they were trying to do a cinderella tv series but it never happened so they just had these three separate stories and they just cobbled it together very similar to what they did with bell's magical world and atlantis milo's return yeah so um in regards to them doing cinderella 3 i think it was um it was probably the sequel they should have released yeah, really, like, right, it yeah. was this should have gone first i think if you're going to do that like uh um, in regards to obviously, um, trying to think of like other kind of like worthwhile sequels to like, I mean, I don't know. What do we, how do we feel about the return of Jafar? 
Um, okay, here's the thing. I know a lot of people hate the return of Jafar and I could see that because the animation is nowhere near as good as the first movie and it focuses more on Iago as opposed to Aladdin or, uh, or any of the other well, characters. Well, wasn't the argument for like Return of the Jafar of like, it was kind of like going to be like the first and then after that, I mean, where was the TV series yeah. up to in that regard? I mean, that's pretty much exactly what it was because uh, Return of Jafar was the pilot to the Aladdin TV series, and then Aladdin 3, The King of the Thieves, was the series finale. So, that I mean, you could essentially see it that way. You have Return of Jafar, the Aladdin series, and then Aladdin King of Thieves as your final episode. So, I guess you can kind of see it as that, but as a standalone movie, I mean, it has its merits, but it's just nowhere near as good as the first one. Or if you want to do, like, the, the trilogy of movies, the third one is way better than mm. the second one. Oh, yeah, the, the third one's definitely that, but uh, I'm just thinking, of, like, you know, besides Cinderella 3, I'm just thinking, I mean... Uh, I guess you could say, I mean, you know, the Lion King movies. I mean, obviously, Lion King One and a Half is always going to be my favorite sequel out of, out of the lot. I mean, I never really talked to Simba's Pride, and uh, I never really like. I don't, what's the third one? I can't remember what that one was about. Um, um, well, remember, if, if I told you before, Aaron, that for some reason, and I don't know why, Lion King One and a Half is called Lion King Three Hakuna Matata. Oh, is it? Okay, then. So uh, that yeah, was as you as, you as you as you know mentioned from Jamboree. So uh, yeah, uh, with um, Lion King, um, uh, you know, Lion King two and Lion King one and a half are beloved by the fans. And um, let's see, let's uh, neither of the Little Mermaid movies are beloved by the fans. I mean, oh yeah. The, um, yeah, there yeah. and also any of the Beauty and the Beast movies are not beloved by the fans. Yeah, I think there was a YouTube video somewhere. I think uh, when they were at Disney World and they were talking to like you know the uh, the Little Mermaid character, I think uh, they had to kind of like remind her of like that she had a daughter at one point, and it was kind of like oh, oh. <laughs> like uh, yeah, that, that's how forgettable like uh, that 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 Disney sequel was. And yeah, and yeah. then there was like all the other ones that didn't really exactly uh, set any w one's world on fire, like Hunchback of Notre Dame Two, oh, or yeah. Mulan Two, or um, I mean, Mulan Two was very, very disappointing. It really yeah. was. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure that was like uh, you know trying to like, get a Mulan TV series off the ground, which I would have been all for, to be honest with you. Sure. And, you know, then there was Jungle Book Two and uh, Peter Pan Return to Neverland. Um, they, uh, I guess the only ones that a lot of people like really do enjoy are Lion King one and a half, uh, Lion King two, Aladdin three, Cinderella three. Uh, and I guess if you want to count extremely goofy movie, that's also another good one. We did discuss about that in the goofy movie and extremely goofy movie podcast. Um, and I, uh, sorry, every time I talk about extremely goofy movie, the, uh, the first reactions from fans seem to be like, where's Roxanne? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so like, everyone, everyone went nuts when uh, uh, when she appeared in Dogtales, like in uh, in Goofy's like uh, you know photo, photo album. You know, yeah. Like, like, oh my god, there she is! It's like. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh my god. Okay, but yeah, final thoughts about Cinderella 3. I looked back on our original scores and we rated it slightly higher than Lion King 1.5 because we both gave it 7.5 and we both said that Lion King 1.5 was a 7. So, as it how we compare to the other ones, I mean, again, I have to look through Rotten Tomatoes to see if any other directed video Disney sequels were there, but we're going to save I'll our be Disney honest with you, babe, I actually did look through the entire lot and as far as I'm aware, the only good Disney directed DVD sequel is Blanking One and a Half and uh, Cinderella 3. I think those were those were like the best two, for my own. Okay, 
Okay, fair enough. So I guess, um, you know, when it comes to the direct-to-video Disney sequels, we will not be discussing about them on uh, In Search of the Crystal Skull. So uh, as for other Disney movies, then yeah, we will, but uh, that will be for another time. Yeah, I'm sort of dreading the idea that uh, somewhere down the line we're going to have to do the live-action films. Oh yeah, um, we definitely I, I, do I don't want to do them though. Like I just, I just feel like I won't get any pleasure out of them. I really don't. Like yeah, uh, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I, I even still ask the question to the viewers, it's uh, and to the listeners, what do you think is worse, the direct-to-video Disney sequels or the live-action Disney remakes? You know, Mulan in the cartoon Mulan uh, kills uh, uh, the villain with explosives and also threatening him with a sword. Like, it was badass how he went, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. In the live-action one, she kicks an arrow into him. I'm sorry. No. Mm. You know, how do you kick an arrow into somebody? I don't know. Yeah. No. Anyway, enough about that. We'll, we'll, go, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, I guess. Uh, but mm-hmm. anyway, our further afterthought is uh, the As Told by Ginger livestream that we started off with at the very beginning of the podcast. So, um, Patricia, I'll give you the floor. Um, what are your thoughts after what has been pretty much an amazing you know, uh, spectacle that we had uh, last week? So. I'm, I'm still overwhelmed with the fact that over 100 people showed up on the live stream from all over the world. Like I, I was even mentioning that we had people from South Korea, Brazil, Germany, Sweden, South Africa. They all came to watch the stream. And I was just absolutely shocked because um, as I told you before, before we started recording the live stream is that um, as told by Ginger was not exactly a massive hit for Nickelodeon. It wasn't a SpongeBob. It wasn't a Rugrats. It wasn't a Loud House. So um, the fact that uh, we were able to get um, the viewers that we did is just absolutely uh, amazing. And, you know, the responses from the fans with the fan art and the fan videos and the, the fact that we were able to get 25 people into the, 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 the call with a combination of the cast and crew. And then we brought in Leandra, who was um, somebody who was brought in for the Make-A-Wish Foundation because uh, she was going through a rare bone marrow cancer. So all of that, I think it turned out really well. I mean, with the exception of the little hiccup that we had earlier in the live stream. But other than that, I'm I'm really glad of how it turned out. Uh, by the way, everybody, I get, we were aware of that. And uh, what we've done is, is that, uh, smart, you know, thankfully, we actually did get it like recorded locally. So what we're going to do is um, we are going to basically uh, snap the two uh, recordings and the backup recording that we have together. And uh, we will somewhat like re-release the episode. At some point, yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe we'll so, do it for Christmas, maybe. So uh, yeah, maybe that'll be that'll be really nice. But yeah, I, I'm just so uh, amazed about how, uh, you know, th- they were able to come together and they were able to share these amazing stories and about how, um, you know, they were talking about how the 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 show still leaves an, a huge impact on the fans and especially for those who grew up with it. So, um, I'm really happy of how it turned out. If I, I mean, as I stated before, it's like. Everybody has that one show that they wish that more people really got into. Some people would say Firefly, or some people would say Arrested Development, or some people would say of maybe some obscure show that 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 really means a lot to them. That they wish that more people really appreciated when it first came out. And yeah. for me, so, it was so, somewhere cool. somewhere down the line, um, you know, Nickelodeon's got to release this on DVD or Blu-ray. You know, like, yeah. uh, so somewhere down the line, it's got to happen. 
Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, for me, that was as told by Ginger. And I've always been an advocate about how amazing the show was. And I, you know, every time, any, any chance that I got, whether it be with my original blog reviews from 2012 or with doing as told by Ginger Month in 2015 or uh, co-hosting the Where in Between podcast with KC and Ashley back in 2017, um, I just, uh, you know, any, and here's the thing, like I knew that the 20th anniversary of S. Toba Ginger was going to come out and I stated back around February or March, it's like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I pretty much did everything that I could to celebrate the show. It's like, what is there left for me to do? And I, while I still had the reunion in the back of my mind, I knew that that was the early stages of the coronavirus. And then I had the idea about like, how we, why don't we just do it uh, virtual? Because I've been seeing a ton of virtual reunions from Katie Couric and Josh Gad and a whole bunch of other people. I mean, virtual reunions have become super common, especially with the coronavirus. I've seen the Mean Girls reunion. I've seen the Parent Trap reunion. There, there was the Rocky Horror Picture Show reunion. As soon as I was done, with the As Told by Ginger reunion live stream, I watched the Pete and Pete reunion. So I've seen a lot of these and I thought that maybe we should have one for the fans and, you know, have them interact and ask questions and see about, you know, how the the, the cast and crew feel about the show. And uh, I, I turned out better than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Well, babe, you know, you did a really good job and uh, everyone's proud of you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I really do appreciate it. And uh, I really enjoyed it too. Like, uh, I, you know, I wasn't originally scheduled to like be involved in the stream, but uh, Patricia, you know, uh, uh, you know, very, very nice of her to uh, let me to be able to do it. So, uh, of course. Yeah, I'm uh, very happy to do that. So, even though yeah. I wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't know as told by Ginger massively, but it's, you know, I'm, I, here's the thing about this. Like, I don't know as told by Ginger back to front, but I, I definitely, I do recognize the show. And uh, I do believe, and I do agree with Patricia that it's underappreciated in some places. And uh, I think it needs to be rediscovered because I think if people watch this show, I think they can relate very heavily to all the characters that are in it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if Avatar The Last Airbender can get a massive resurgence when it was released on Netflix, then so can Ginger. I think that it's time. Yeah, I think it's time too. So, you know, like, uh, release it on DVD, release it on streaming, do something, you know? Exactly, yeah. Release actual merchandise because even when the show was out, there was little to no merchandise of Ginger. There were no dolls, there were no... Uh, there were no video games, there were no clothes, there was nothing. Like, it, it was a show that had almost no merchandise, and uh, the show pretty much came and went when, you know, the last episodes of season three were put into the Nicktoons network, and, um, you know, they didn't really, uh, they didn't even release the last episode on TV, they just released it as a DVD and VHS uh, release, so. Yeah, I think they'd have to watch it with the merchandise, though. I'm not too sure if I'd be very happy with a Nickelodeon line of petrified eyeballs. <laughs> yeah exactly mm-hmm. but anyway that's uh by the way the um don't take our word for it the live stream is up as we speak so definitely go check out the old school lane youtube channel and watch it there yourself so. yes and in addition to that uh, go watch the stream that i did before the as told by ginger uh, reunion live stream which was the fan the as told by ginger fan appreciation live stream where i asked my followers of as told uh, who liked as told by ginger if they wanted to come by and talk about the show and we had a great time there too uh we had people such as kiara who was the host of rewatch and rewind where she's looking at every episode of as told by ginger once a week 
uh, to River Tariq, who is a YouTuber who talks about a lot of animation stuff, and uh, various other people um, who uh, also talked about the show. We did everything from discuss about favorite characters, favorite moments. Uh, we looked back on the S Told by Ginger website from the early 2000s. And yeah, we, we had a great time. So go watch that as well. Mm hmm. Okay, uh, moving on. Uh, Patricia, I'll give you the floor on this because uh, Uncharted movie is done filming and uh, it looks like we're going to be getting a release very soon. Oh, yeah. So here's the thing. I have been following this for almost 10 years. They had announced this back around 2000. Eight or nine, back when the Uncharted series was really popular. So, for those who don't know what Uncharted is, it is a series of video games that Sony produces and it is uh, uh, published by Naughty Dog. And it is the story about an explorer named Nathan Drake who goes around the world and, and tries to search for treasure. And along the way, he goes through a lot of obstacles and he goes through a lot of turmoils alongside with his partner named Victor Sullivan or Sully for short. And he has um, a, a girl companion by the name of Elena who um, they start becoming close. And then there's another, there's a lot of other characters in the, in the series. Like in the second game, there was a character named Chloe in the third game. Um, uh, you have um, a lot of other characters that are included in there. So basically, it's almost like Indiana Jones mixed with Tomb Raider. And when the game, when the first game came out in 2007, people were comparing it those two, and they called it Dude Raider. But it became one of Sony's most popular games. It is, it was really massive. It has four games and one spinoff series. Well, two spinoff series. Sorry. Uh, and uh, there was talks for a long time about a movie, and it went through many writers and directors and and you know actors like you know people such as Nathan Fillion was going to be in Nathan Drake, and then there was talks about one of the Wahlbergs and various other people until finally. The definitive Uncharted movie that we are getting is going to be a prequel series where it's going to feature Nathan Drake when he's a lot younger, which was featured in some of the video games where we do get to see flashbacks of Nathan when he's a young um, uh, when he's a young teenager, where he's training alongside with Sully to be a treasure hunter. And we have Tom Holland as Nathan Drake, and we have Mark Wahlberg as um, as Sully. And we don't know what the the story is going to be about. We don't know about um, you know, who the characters are going to be featuring. But from what we understand, the movie is officially done and it has been going through developmental health for almost 10 years. And the fact that it's pretty, pretty much finished is a miracle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, it's. Um, I'm really happy that uh, the, the Uncharted fans are going to finally get this movie. I mean, obviously he's gone through some production hell, so we have no idea how he's going to turn out. But uh, I mean, like, uh, well, if he goes in search of the Crystal Skull, we'll definitely be talking about it. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll yeah. see how, see how it'll go. <laughs> how ironic. Oh, that would be very ironic where we're going to be, if, if it does reach Crystal Skull territory, it's essentially like we're going to be discussing about uh, an adventure movie, almost akin to something like Indiana Jones or with Tomb Raider. And uh, one of the things that I did see from social media is that Nolan North, who voices as Nathan Drake, um, was actually there at the set with Tom Holland. And he was saying to him, you know, oh, I'm really happy that you're performing as Nathan Drake. I wish you the best of luck. So at least there's some nice um, connections with that. I mean, I, you know, maybe a lot of people wanted Nathan Drake, um, Nathan Drake to be played by Nolan North, but um, you know Nolan North, uh, he is a, a live action actor as well as a, a voice actor. But 
um, with the direction that they're going at, especially since they're trying to gear it to maybe a, a general audience who know absolutely nothing about the Uncharted series, a prequel series where it does feature Nathan as a young teenager when he's just training, kind of sounds like akin to what they did with the recent Tomb Raider movies, in which they based it off of the, vi the, the reboots of the video game series where Lara Croft was younger and this is her first adventure and this is what she would eventually become in the later Tomb Raider games. So... I guess that if they want to ease a general audience into Uncharted, because it's a Sony PlayStation exclusive, then yes, you do want to be able to lean people towards um, getting to know who Nathan Drake is, who Victor Sullivan is, and um, later down in the line, you'll get to see all the other characters that are featured. And the games are great, by the way. If you're into action-adventure games with puzzles and a great story with amazing acting, go check them out. Um, two and four are my favorites in the series. Yeah. Do, do you know what this movie is? This is the easiest movie for a boyfriend to get his girlfriend to go to. <laughs> like, you know, like, yes. uh, oh, hey, uh, we're gonna, I want to go see the Uncharted movie. It's like, and your girlfriend goes on and says, oh, that, that's based on a video game, isn't it? It's like, yeah, but it starts Tom Holland. It's like, I love Tom Holland. Let's go. <laughs> it's like, this, this is the easiest movie for a couple to go to. You know, like. Well, uh, hey, hey, in this case, I'm dragging you with me because. I've been waiting for this movie for a long time, and you're like, "What is Uncharted?" You're, because you 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 did more, um, you played more of Microsoft games than X, uh, than than Sony games. So I know about it, and I'm going to drag you to see this movie with. Me. <laughs> yeah, once the Backstreet Boys reunion tour is uh, finally over, I think uh, we'll obviously go see it. So uh, oh, yeah. yeah, okay. Um, next bit of news: uh, Adams, the Adams family fans want Johnny Depp and Ricky to be in the Tim Burton TV series as uh, Gomez and Morticia. Okay, so let me give you context about what they're talking about. So um, Tim Burton is going to be working on an Adams Family TV series, which is ironic considering that if you remember back around 2010, as soon as he was done with Dark Shadows, he was going to be doing an animated Adams Family movie, but that never happened. And then eventually it was done by another studio. So now and it was terrible. Yeah, I, I heard not very good reviews of it, uh, which I'm going to be watching next year because I'm planning on doing a Adam's Family podcast, but that will be for next Halloween. Anyway, but I was hearing about this TV series and I was thinking Tim Burton, Adam's Family, and then people were signing petitions saying we want to have Johnny Depp as Gomez and Christina Ricci as Morticia. Now, here's the thing, if you don't know about the, the, the movies that came out of the 90s. Christina Ricci played as Wednesday. Uh, that was Gomez and Morticia's daughter. And she was phenomenal, by the way. And a few years ago, she actually posted up a picture of herself dressing up as Morticia, and everybody loved it. And they were saying, she needs to play Morticia now. I mean, it is a great full circle. She started off as Wednesday, Morticia and Gomez's daughter from the movies in the 90s, and it would be great if she would come back in this TV series as Morticia herself, and yeah. the as, thing I would say about those that's like Christina did look phenomenal in that in that cosplay. By the way, yeah. she, she did look great, but uh, I mean, it's one to walk the walk, but then it's another to talk the talk. I yeah. think she can pull it off because she did a phenomenal job as Wednesday as a child actor, and I mean, here's the thing: like Morticia is very. Um, a little bit slightly more optimistic. She's very um, easygoing and she's very lovable and she has a bit of snark into her. While Wednesday is very cold and very sarcastic and doesn't really take a lot of jokes and all that kind of stuff. So I can see Christina pulling off Morticia really well. As for Johnny Depp as Gomez, 
Hmm, would he do another Jack Sparrow where he's like really over the top and crazy kind of thing? Well, I mean, here's the thing. The, the great thing about Johnny Depp is that you can put him into he, he you can put him into any movie. You you would not think that uh, the guy who played Willy Wonka was John Dillinger, would you? Mm-hmm. When you really think about it, like Johnny Depp can mold into like any in any role. He's really good at doing that. So I mean, you could dress him up as Gomez, and I'm sure he'd just run with it. I'm sure he would too. Um, it's just that um, how would his portrayal be like? Because you know, Gomez, his character is pretty consistent in which he's very optimistic. He he loves sword fighting. He loves Morticia. He um, he loves his family and. Uh, you know, he's just a very easygoing guy, and I think that, um, you know, Johnny Depp would be able to play him really well. And, you know, we've seen Johnny uh, Depp do, do lots of roles like that. We've seen him in Ed Wood, we've seen him in Willy Wonka, we've seen him in Jack Sparrow. So, yeah, I could, I could probably see that happen. I, don't know. I think in regards to, like, Willy Wonka's performance, I think he was a bit restricted by that, I think, a little bit. I think he was, like, to, you know, give him a bit, a bit too much direction. I think in that regard, yeah. like, I'm sure if uh, Johnny Depp was allowed to kind of, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, ad lib a little bit. I think he probably would give him more an entertaining thing. But uh, in regards to all his other stuff, where he's actually allowed to kind of like you know, when he did like the whole you know, um, some of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies haven't been all that great. But so uh, you know, the one thing that gets you through those movies is Johnny Depp himself. Sure. So like, uh, so there's an argument to say that you know, if you're gonna watch a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, okay, don't watch it for the narrative. But hey, Johnny Depp gives a you know a good performance. To, you know, regardless. So, you know, yeah. like, even definitely go for that. So, I mean, I would have no problem with him whatsoever being Gomez in, in this movie. And uh, same with uh, Christina Ricky as well. So, like, uh, if they want to go for it, then go for it, as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, like, it really depends. Here's the thing about this, though. We know Tim Burton has an eye for, like, certain things and wants to look in a certain way. And, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he does not look at star power. Don't, you know, look at the uh, look at the Nightmare Before Christmas. I mean, like, was there like any like which like notable celebrities were in the Nightmare Before Christmas? I mean, there were a few celebrities there. Like, there was Ken Page, and there was uh, Paul Rubens. There was Catherine O'Hara, um, but and Chris Sheridan. But like oh, a wow. major okay, star. Yeah, but, but, but like, uh, I, I can see where you're coming from, in which, like, you know, unless, of course, it's, like, a major star, like, Johnny Depp and maybe, like, Helena Bottom Carter or Missy Pyle or, um, you know, maybe uh, various other people. Uh, are you, um, Bill Murray would be another one or um, Danny DeVito. So, I mean, and, you know, Michael Keaton. So, yeah, he does okay. have stars. Yeah, power. he does have stars around him, I guess. But, uh, I mean, in regards to, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, if, though, he does look at people and think, you know, will they fit into this role? Now, he may look at Johnny Depp and he may, he'll look at Johnny Depp and I think he probably will get along with him pretty well. I think, at least that, that. This is just my opinion, though. I have no idea what their relationship is like in real life, but uh, Tim well, Burton and Johnny Depp. Well, they're very close. In oh, fact, are they? Okay, then that's fine. Oh yeah, like for example, uh, Johnny Depp is uh, Tim Burton. Uh, you know, he is the uh, godfather of Tim Burton's kids. Okay, then well, in that case, then yeah, let's put them together and like they make magic. So like, uh, there you go. And uh, yeah, so it really depends what Tim. It really depends what Tim Burton wants to achieve through this. I think. Like, no, 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 here's the thing with this: Adam's family is right up Tim Burton's alley. Totally, no, yeah. no problem with that whatsoever. But uh, I mean, whether he wants to do uh, the Adam's family that we all know for a very long time, which we've seen uh, played out in animated series, we've seen played out in movies and things like that, or whether he wants to go in another direction with it, I'm not entirely sure. But uh, let's here's see. 
uh, they try to do um, you know remakes of you know various uh, shows that are akin to like the Adams family. Remember when they tried to do Mockingbird Lane for the Monsters reboot? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Um, uh, actually, on top of that as well, like you got to be careful with these reboots as well because uh, let's not forget the Monsters today. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I'll, you know, like, uh, I'll never... It, it was the show that was wedged between Gladiators and uh, whatever else was on TV at that time. You know, like... Uh, yeah, the, the Monsters never really got a break because every time that the Monsters try to make a big comeback, they never really stuck. No. So, like, uh, they really need... Uh, um, yeah, but in regards to the Addams Family, everybody knows who they are. So, oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. they're they're known for the you know the new, they're known for the magazine strips with Charles Adams. They're known for the 1960s TV series, the 1990s um, films and animated series. So, well, you know, like uh, Scooby Doo, even had them in their movies. Like uh, so, exactly. there was Scooby Doo, and then there was uh, then there was the the uh, yeah there was the 90s uh, Adams Family cartoon show as well, which had like uh, like their name was like obsessed with underwear. I think it was. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Exactly, yeah. I, I, I have no idea. But uh, in, uh, yeah, so the Addams Family has uh, basically been around, I think, longer than Scooby Doo as well. So, like. Uh, yeah, they, they, have been, they have been around longer than Scooby Doo. Yeah, so people know them, you know, and uh, Tim Burton wants to do something with them. So, hey, it's, uh, it's a match made in heaven, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm really intrigued by it. So I can't wait for more information about. I mean, who's gonna play? Uh, you know, who's gonna, you know, pl- who's actually gonna play as uh, Gomez and Morticia? What about Pugsley? What about Wednesday? What about uh, Grandmama? What about Lurch? Uh, what about Thing? What about um, Uncle Fester? Uh, you know, all these other characters. You know, so I'm actually, you know, I'm actually excited about it. Okay, and also don't forget Cousin Ed. Oh yeah, that's right. The, the, the best character ever, Cousin Ed. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so anyway, we'll look forward to that. Um, other reboots that we're talking about as well is Tiny Toons Adventures. Uh, that is going to be coming back soon. Uh, we're still yet to get more information about it. But one interesting thing that did come back uh, out of this, uh, Elmira, who has appeared in not only Tiny Toon Adventures, but also appeared in Pinky Elmira and the Brain, will not be coming back for this show. Yeah, and a lot of people are mixed. There are some people who are disappointed, especially with Cree Summer, who voices Elmira. And then there are some people who are like, good riddance, because I never liked Elmira. And here's the thing. As we all know, Elmira is basically a younger female version of Elmer Fudd. And Elmer Fudd has had his fair share of controversies as well with him carrying around a gun and the whole hunting thing. And, well, you know, the whole... We're not going to get into that. But the point is, is that... While Elmira doesn't carry around a gun and hunt the animals, she does the complete opposite in which she loves and squeezes the animals to death. And so a lot of people thought that she was really annoying, especially with, um, you know, Tiny Toons and Pinky Elmira and the brain where it was pretty much the, the end of the, the 90s Warner Brothers golden era in which they were releasing hit after hit after hit with Tiny Toons, Animaniacs, Freakazoid, um, Hysteria, Toonsylvania, which not a lot of people talk about. And then Pinky Elmira and the Brain was just pretty much the, the straw that broke the camel's back. So yeah. didn't, didn't the people who created that show like make fun of the fact that they had to do it? Yep, well. they made fun of it in the theme song. It was like, it was corporate meddling. They didn't want to do the show in the beginning. And so they basically just made fun of it and stated that they didn't want to do it right at the opening theme song. Mm-hmm. So, um, in regards to Elmira not turning up, I mean, here's the thing about this as well. Like, it's 2020. I mean, can you really get away with having a character who's, uh, you know, um, the joke is basically that she abuses and kills animals? No. You can't. 
Like, Peter will be all over Elmira. Yeah, it, it will. As far as I'm concerned, she's uh, pretty much going to be shoved to the back in regards to Tiny Toons Adventures. Well, I think. They, well, they- well, they do the same thing that they're doing for the Animaniacs reboot, in which they'll remove a lot of the characters and only keep the ones that are popular. Well, I mean, the, I mean, the two that we know of in regards to this is going to be uh, Yako, Wako, and Dot, and also Pinky in the Brain as well. They're the main two who are going to basically fronting the show. Uh, yeah. What the other, what the other sketches are going to be, we're going to be still. Uh, interested to see what's going to happen with that. Mind you, I think we know how they're going to shelve in Donald Trump into this. Apparently, he's going to oh. be like this big ogre or something like that. So uh, yeah, that's... like a cyclops. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, and and people were so pissed off saying like, you know, I don't want any politics in my animaniacs. Excuse like... me, Bill Clinton was playing the saxophone in every single intro of the show. Don't you yeah. d- don't start that bullshit with me, uh, fandom. <laughs> Excuse me. No, not at all. There were a lot of political jokes in Animaniacs. So yes, and they were in Freakazoid, and they were in Tiny Toons Adventures as well. Heck, in Hey Arnold, uh, Arnold makes a a joke about the uh, town hall being crooked. I mean, come on, it's everywhere, guys. You're not going to get rid of it. Yeah, sorry, you're not. Uh, So with Tiny Toons. We, the only people, uh, the only characters that we do know who are going to be coming back, according to the drawing that was hinting on this, was Buster and Babs. Now, here's the thing. Who is Buster going to be voiced by? Is it Charlie Adler or John Kassir? Because John Kassir, whom you guys know as the voice of, you know, the, the Crypt Keeper from Tales of the Crypt, he did the voice of Buster in the last season because that was when they were doing a huge switch around with voice actors and writers and all that stuff because a lot of them went off to work on Animaniacs. So... Um, uh, I, I'm sure that they would bring back Charlie for sure, because, you know, he's the more iconic voice of Buster. Not to say anything bad about John, but Charlie is Buster Bunny. And as for the other characters, I mean, will they bring back, P- I mean, Plucky, it's going to be hard because that was voiced by Joel Lasky and he's dead. And Hampton, who was voiced by, um, uh, Don Messick and he's dead. So they're going to have to do replacements for that. Well, and- I mean, who's doing Daffy Duck at the moment? For Warner Brothers. Uh, ooh, um, I have to look that up because I think, I mean, it, it, they change, you know, because, the, you know, there's always like a switch up between like there. I, I think I remember D. Bradley Baker it, and then I remember Eric Bowser doing it. And I'm not sure who's doing it currently, but I'm sure they'll probably get it. Really, like, it. Uh, if anything, uh, Pl- Plucky Duck is any, it's just Daffy Duck with a, uh, plus an octave. You know, like, yeah, exactly. uh, so, I mean, they, they could easily, obviously, you know, do, do I mean, I, I know, obviously, you know, with characters who pass away and, uh, you know, who do the voices and things like that. I mean, obviously, it's very difficult to replace people in that regard because it's just not the, you know, people say it's not the same. I mean, like, exactly. it's, it's the same when, like, you know, we debate, like, who's the best Arnold out of Hey Arnold and stuff like that, you know, like, uh, there's, 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 that's always going to exist. But, uh, I mean, to say that they can't, you know, they can't find somebody who is a good voice actor for Hampton and a good voice for Lucky Duck, I'm sure they can find some. Somebody. Sure. I mean, I can I can see Bob Bergen doing Hampton. The only difference is, is that he has to raise an octave and he doesn't have to stutter because Hampton never stuttered in this shit in the show. Um, that you know, you, what about Montana Mask? Uh, Max, I'm sorry. Hmm. Um, is he going to be removed from the show? I mean, it's like, oh, you know, we're going to have this kid who's obnoxious and if great. they, they want to make if they want to make fun of the upper class, then unfortunately, they're going to keep him. 
So like, uh, it's, if they, if those jokes are going to land. If those are the jokes they want to make, then Montana Max is going to be is going to be in it as well. Yep. So uh, and then there's like other characters like Shirley the Loon, who's going to have to have a complete massive upgrade because you know she speaks like a valley girl like this, and nobody speaks like that anymore. <laughs> well, there's uh, also there's Gogo as well, who's uh, you know lives in the, lives in Wacky Land. So uh, whether exactly. he's gonna, yeah. yeah. So I mean, it really depends what they want to achieve with this. I mean, the one thing they might do is they might just stay with Buster and Babs and like just the main cast, and then they might you know all the side characters they might just uh, move aside and uh, you know we're just uh, replace them with newer ones. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. Yeah. So uh, oh, on top of that as well, like uh, you know, will they decide to do a younger version of Lola? I don't what? think so because uh, uh, that's that's actually a good question because even though that you know Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, and Porky Pig and Taz they did feature occasionally because they were the teachers of you know Acme University. So if you know maybe they will include Lola as a teacher. You know I wouldn't be surprised. But as well, for a well, young they also I mean I know they got Babs Bunny as well. But uh, I mean will they decide to like say oh hey well we're gonna have like also you know someone like Lola who's like a cheerleader or something like that? I don't know. Like, I mean that uh, was what kind of like Shirley or Fifi Lafume was like. So well, again, I don't think- we we don't know if those characters are going to turn up because obviously they're based on characters which are kind of like you know uh, you know kind of like you know stereotypes that don't you know kind of like exist in modern day <laughs> in the modern day anymore. Really, eh, so. I don't know. But anyway, the point is, uh, this was a massive surprise for me because I just I just thought it was just going to be bringing back um, Animaniacs. I didn't expect in a million years that they would have brought back Tiny Toons. Well, I think what they saw is that uh, there was a huge reception, I think, for when Animaniacs was announced for to return. And they said, oh, hey, well, what if we bring this back? And what if we bring that back? You know, like... uh, Here's the thing. I love Tiny Toons. I mean, you know, I I know a lot of people say that Animaniacs was better. But, you know, Tiny Toons has has definitely have a special place in my heart. I always watch... Tiny Toon Adventures, how I spent my summer vacation every summer. I've been doing it for over 25 years. Yeah, but so, you know, yeah, but one thing I really want to see them bring back is I always believe they should have done a Freakazoid movie. Yeah, that would have been so great because, you know, we've already had a Tiny Toons movie, we had an Animaniacs movie, but we never had a Freakazoid movie. It's, it's kind of disappointing, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I would have loved that movie. Like, uh, you know, I, I, would have been, I would have been, uh, you know, bothering my parents for, like, weeks for me to go see it. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so, so yeah, unfortunately, we don't know a lot of information other than it was just announced, and um, it's going to be released on HBO Max and Cartoon Network. Yeah. So, imagine to see if they start going around the uh, if they start doing the thing where they start like just throwing names out, and then they just kind of start throwing rumors around and saying, you know, well, we're thinking of bringing this back, we're thinking of bringing that back, and they're going to see how we all respond. Yeah. Know. And as for, like, Elmira not coming back, I mean, I understand that Cree Summer was very upset about this. Because you have to understand, this was, um, you know, it's not her first voiceover role. Because she already voiced a lot of characters in Canada and in, um, you know, some parts of the United States. You know, she was in, like, Inspector Gadget as Penny. And she was in a lot of the Strawberry Shortcake and Hello Kitty stuff. But Elmira means a lot to her because that was one of the first voiceover roles that she got when she moved over to Los Angeles. And she was 17 years old. This was around the time in which she was doing A Different World, uh, the spinoff series based off of the Cosby show. And the character means a lot to her. And I understand how upset that she is that, you know, when she found out that the character was not going to be returning. And... Uh, I, I understand that, but, um, you know, uh, the character in context uh, for 2020, it 
it doesn't really gel very well with how people feel about somebody like Elmira. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, hope that, I hope that Creek returns to do a different character, but not Elmira. Well, maybe she won't be Elmira's, like, long-lost cousin or something like that. I don't know. Like, uh, <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure they'll find, they'll find something for her if they decide to include her in the show. Of course. Sure. Of course. Okay. All right, then. Um, we've not done one of these in a good long time. So uh, well, we we're going to look at a top 10. And uh, I sort of kind of wince when uh, I look at these types of things. Because I, I, the times that I've looked at these top 10s, they have been actually kind of terrible. So uh, we'll uh, just uh, we'll have a look at this one. We'll just see how it all goes. And uh, I do apologize, everybody. I thought I had the link uh, with me. But uh, I don't seem to uh, be able to find it at the moment, which... Uh, um, um, what, web, it, what website was it on? I wasn't it on. Uh, uh, what was it on? I, f I forget. But I, I think it, it was definitely from recently because I know the other ones that I'm looking. Uh, I think it was TV Line. That's what it was. From TV, TV Line. Line. Okay, then. So um, okay, uh, I have a list right here. Yeah. So um, this is uh, top TV theme songs of all time animated series. So um, we'll go down the list and uh, we'll see what we think. Okay, so let's take a look. Uh, okay, let's take a look at the first one. So the first one was uh, Looney Tunes or Mary. Well, Mary hang on a second. Is this all in order, or is it just kind of like this is like a, a particular ten that uh, we're just looking at? I think we're looking at it uh, in chronological order. Okay. Oh, in chronological order. Okay, then. So they're not like ranked worst to best or anything like that. No. No, no. But this is a yeah. No, it's not wor ranked worst to best, but it is a uh, it is according to their opinion their favorite uh, TV um, theme songs for animated shows. So let's take a look at it. So from the 1930s, we have the Looney Tunes theme song. Classic. Um, yep, classic. Uh, so, I mean, the, I, in regards to, like, the... I mean, it, it is one of, like... This is a, a theme that not only has basically uh, echoed through, like, uh, generations, you know, going all the way up from... Uh, down from 1930s all the way even to today. You know, there's uh, people like you still, you know, that, that theme still plays. I remember when they did, uh, did you see when they did the uh, reanimation of, uh, what should we call it, the uh, the Pimento University one? They did yes, it? I did. Yeah, yeah, they did the reanimated version. Like, people, people know this song. Like, you know, it's uh, whether it's being parodied or whether it's being, uh, you know, they're watching it for, like, for the first time or it's on like YouTube or anything like that. Like, this is an iconic theme. That uh, Warner Brothers have got, and uh, to the point where I think it still like appears in some like uh, you know like the Warner Brothers uh, icons when B B Bugs Bunny comes out eating a carrot and uh, before the movie starts. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Okay. So the next one is Mighty Mouse Playhouse. So um, it's from the Mighty Mouse cartoons from the 1950s. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to break any copyright by playing them, so I think we'll just kind of like uh, say because um, the only one I know is from uh, what's it called? The only Mighty Mouse theme I remember is from uh, Mighty House: The New Adventures. You know, like, uh, mm -hmm. here he comes, a mighty mouse. That's the only one I know. But... Here he comes to save the day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Okay. So wasn't, that made by, is... wasn't that made by the same people before they went on to make Ren and Stimpy? Um, which, oh, yes, that's right. Uh, the uh, New Adventures of Mighty Mouse was done by Ralph Bakshi, if you can believe it. Yeah, Ralph Bakshi doing a cartoon for kids. I know, right? Shocking. <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, a lot of the people who worked on that went off to work on Ren and Stimpy. Like a lot of people, such as John Kay and um, you know all those people, they were working there because they had more creative freedom working there than any other studio. I mean, they hated working on filmation, and you know they felt that Hanna Barbera wasn't as good as it used to be back in the '60s. And 
Uh, go read uh, Sick Little Monkeys, the unauthorized Ren and Stimpy story to learn more about that. So, okay, could, you, could you imagine, like, uh, you know, Ralph Bashi during the, like, the heyday, like, the, the epic peak of Hanna-Barbera? And, like, you oh, know, he, he, he could have carried them for another generation. I would have yeah, thought. yeah. I mean, he probably would have been over there as, like, well, what is this Flintstones uh, show? I, 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 I can do something better than this. Yeah. What's so. you doing another Scooby-Doo? Come on, where's the originality here, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This Huckleberry Hound that nobody knows who he is. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna put something in here that a lot of people are gonna enjoy. Mm. Anyway, so yeah. that that's my that's my bad impression of Ralph Bakshi. <laughs> okay, let's, let's continue. So uh, okay, the next one is the Flintstones. Yeah, the Flintstones. Uh, again, classic. Mm-hmm. So. Now here's the thing: there are there are multiple versions of the Flintstones theme song, as opposed to like you know Flintstones meet the Flintstones. Yeah, because they did uh, what there was. Uh, there's the one for like the Flintstone kids, and then there's like the the new Flintstones where everyone has dishwashers now. And uh, then there was uh, whoa, what was the like uh, the other episodes of the, the other versions of the Flintstones that they did? They did Cave Kids, which featured Pebbles and Bam Bam around the '90s. Yeah, and then they did the actual like live action Flintstones movie starring John Goodman. And yep, so, and then there was the Viva Rock Vegas movie that nobody talks about. There oh was yeah, no, that, that that one was not very good. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, but yeah, but people don't, but you, people don't remember that that famous theme song was featured in the third season of the Flintstones because seasons one and two had an instrumental where it was like da 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 da. Yeah, that one. Yeah. So and also it was um, was it still like them going like this to the drive-through and then coming back? I can't remember. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, basically that's what it was. It's like, you know, you have, um, you know, them going, well, that was like toward the ending. But in the original one, it was basically, you know, where, um, you know, Fred was leaving work and he was coming home and uh, Wilma had a, a large sandwich for him and he would go over to the TV and turn it on. That's the one that was in the early seasons. Well, in the later seasons, it would be like, you know, uh, Fred would be leaving work and pick up Wilma and then later on Pebbles and then would pick up uh, Betty and um, Barney and then later Bam Bam and they would go over to the drive through and they would watch the movie so mm-hmm. yeah that's the one that a lot of people remember Yeah, did, and, uh, did, 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 did Gazoo ever end up in any of the intros? Uh, <sighs> I don't I don't think so Yeah, that's how forgettable he was but, uh, <laughs> right okay um, next one is Popeye the Sailor oh uh, yeah the, the Popeye the Sailor Man theme song yeah oh man that, that is like uh, that when that rattled through like uh, you know very few because there was uh, there was Popeye the Sailor and then there was like the new adventures of Popeye and then there was the one when they had kids and uh, then I'm trying to remember all the other and then also there was the um, uh, what should we call it the uh, one starring Robin Williams as well yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. A lot of people seem to uh, not remember that Robin Williams, one of his first acting roles was in the Popeye movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was actually written by a Romanian songwriter. So Sammy yeah. Lama. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I guess it makes a lot of sense because... Um, you know, he, uh, you know, a lot of people around those days, you know, they were like um, immigrants and they would like come on by and if they wanted to have opportunities to work in animation, then they would either go to like New York. I wish I think that's where the Fleischers were from and the Fleischers, um, you know, they brought in a lot of people who uh, were of... Um, you know, uh, a foreign uh, experience where we're able to work on shows like Popeye and Betty Boop, which you, which you can definitely tell. If you see, like, the early cartoons of Betty Boop, she's definitely, like, the classic example of, like, a first-generation American because her parents were immigrants. So, um, 
And Popeye, I guess, uh, would kind of like be no exception as well. Um, anyway, so let's go to the next one. Uh, the next one is the Jetsons. Yep. And uh, I don't know, like, uh, I'm trying to think of all the variations of the Jetsons themes that they were in because they stuck with, even when they did like the new version, the new episodes during the, uh, between the 70s and 80s, even then they were like, you're still using the original, like, uh, intro. Yeah, exactly. And uh, then uh, the only other variation I remember was like when they did the Halloween special, which they made they sound like all spooky and stuff. Right, right. Yeah, it's not really like rattled on like as various as the other ones have. Pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um, The next one is George of the Jungle. Ah, yes, George of the Jungle, which uh, a lot of people uh, also know about that song, as well as um, when the movies uh, that feature Brendan Fraser came out, uh, you know, they would always play that. So. Yeah, the problem is that we, there's something really bizarre with like that movie though like uh, they cut out like watch out for that tree and so they didn't actually like, play, if you can think about it they actually didn't play like the full they didn't even bother to like play the full like uh, you know uh, lyric it was like watch out for that and then you hit the tree and you're like ooh and like it tree. was like yeah, yeah like I think it was only like who was it, who was the uh, who played Jane in that movie uh, I don't know I, 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 for, I forget who it was but I yeah. Uh, anyway, but yeah, uh, uh, again, you know, a lot of people do know that song, and and I oh I I completely forgot about this, but there was like a, a, a as soon as the movies came out and they became really popular, there was also an animated series that featured on Cartoon Network. Yeah, and uh, there was um well I mean, you can't remember all that much. Imagine they, not only did they have George of the Jungle, they had like I think it was like Tom Slick, I think it was the the other one, like uh, the the which was like kind of like the what uh, I am Weasel was the cow and chicken, something think, like that. Yeah, I think they had that too. So uh, yeah. Um, Speed Racer is another one. Oh yeah, yep. a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people's first introduction to anime when, uh, in addition to like Astro Boy. So yeah, Speed Racer, very well known theme song. Um, you know, would be uh, played every single time, and you kind of like you know think of the theme song when you're seeing like f- uh, racing cars. So yeah, that's a pretty famous one. Even though a lot of people kind of like point out with its awkward English translation from Japanese, but you know, it's like you know, what are you gonna do? Uh, the next one is the uh, Spider-Man theme song from the 1967. Yeah, and I believe like uh, the uh, new, well, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man kind of like brought that back. Uh, yeah, I believe, and so uh, mm-hmm. for Jack Rogan decided to sing "Hero." So, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, again, um, iconic. Uh, also, it uh, gave us uh, the Simpsons movie version of Spider Pig. <laughs> yes, it did. Yeah. Uh, the next one is the Pink Panther theme song. Da-dum. So um, I'm trying to think of all the very. I mean, the Pink Panther show. Obviously, that obviously spanned off the um, the original like Pink Panther movie. Obviously, there was that. Yeah, but that uh, yeah, it was based on that. So, um, but uh, I'm trying to think like all the variations they did for that show. Like, uh, I know they did like some newer versions. Oh, like they did like the Think Pink like version of Pink Panther. I remember that. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if they actually did anything further than that, I don't think. I don't know. I mean, I think they did play the original Pink Panther theme song when they brought back, uh, you know, from the movies with Steve Martin as Inspector Clouseau. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, so let's continue on. So okay, this, this, this one we definitely know about. It's uh, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and it has been, like... It, there's so many covers of this every time that a new Scooby-Doo movie would be coming out. I mean, it's already a, a staple. Now, a lot of people debate on whether this is the best Scooby-Doo theme song. I know a lot of people prefer the Pup Named Scooby-Doo theme song. Some people prefer the new Scooby-Doo show theme song. Some people prefer Scooby, um, what's new Scooby-Doo. Um, but for the most part, I mean, this is the definitive one. I mean, when you think of Scooby-Doo, you think of this theme song. 
Yeah. I mean, uh, the only other, like, uh, offshoot of, like, the Scooby-Doo theme was, like, you know, nowhere near the original theme, which was the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, which is, uh, like, Martin Price. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, was it? Uh, uh, was it Martin Price? Was that not Martin? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But, uh, so, there was that. Um, next one after that is uh, Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah, uh, not as well known as the Scooby-Doo theme song, but still pretty known nonetheless. I mean, uh, the only thing that people still remember about Josie and the Pussycats other than the TV show was that um, it had the live action movie, if you remember. Yeah, and then it went completely off the uh, the Kelter with uh, going on, then blasting off into space, which, uh, yeah, yeah that, that, that happened. You know, like, uh, I've seen pictures. But uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I was there. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> Next one is okay. the Smurfs. Oh, very well-known theme song for sure. One of the more famous ones of the '80s. Yeah, they did like variations of it as well, didn't they? Like, uh, there yeah, was, they, like, they, yeah, and that's when they um, did uh, a, a complete different theme song. I think around the la- one of the last uh, seasons of the Smurfs, but they kept the classic, you know, theme for the Smurfs, and then. Um, then they did some variations of it, and it's like, ah, it's nowhere near as good. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And uh, well, also there's like, uh, there was also when they did the, uh, the, of course, when Sony did the movie. And, uh, oh, yeah. my God. When uh, they did the, la, the la, 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 That's, that's yeah, too much. <laughs> that's too much. You can't turn that into something threatening. I'm sorry. And, nope. uh, okay, and also next we have Sp- Inspector Gadget. Yes, uh, one of many theme songs produced by uh, Shuki Levy, the the genius behind He-Man, the Masters of the Universe, She-Ra, the Princess of Power, and the Mysterious Cities of Gold, and Power Rangers. So yeah, he knows how to do a really good opening theme song, and this is no exception. It's very catchy and very memorable. Yeah, uh, Levy also has uh, writing and directing credits for his uh, name, including uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and uh, Mass Rider and Big Bad Beetleborgs. Ah uh, yes, yeah. He and uh, yes, he and Haim Saban were responsible for getting all the Tokusatsu, uh, Tokusatsu. I'm sorry, um, series from Japan and Americanizing it for a general audience. So uh, whether they were good or bad depends on how you feel. But at least they were responsible for you know getting it to a more massive audience. I genuinely amazing- would like to meet like the uh, one like an original Japanese fan of that uh, of that genre, and uh, you know just have, like have a discussion about like oh hey you know this is what I saw in the American version. What do you think of this? And uh, oh yeah, yeah there, there was a massive difference. If you were to like look at Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, uh, the story compared to the Japanese and the American version, they are two completely different, different series. Yeah, they definitely are. Um, next one is Transformers. Yep, uh, very very well known theme song. I mean, it was played in the Transformers movies, both the animated and the live action version. Very mechanical, uh, very fitting for the show. Yeah, I don't know who was it who did like uh, the the ones with the Transformers movie. I'm pretty sure it was like it was a it was a famous band who did it. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was uh, Vince DiCola who worked on the Transformers movie soundtrack, and he also did the soundtrack for Rocky Four. Yeah, so it was. Um, I'm gonna look. It's uh, oh, it was uh, a band called. Uh, I on here. I have called. I have them credited as Lion. Uh, oh Vince, yeah, Vince the, DeCoyla, According to this. Yeah, Vince Decoyla. Yeah. Cool. That that was the, that was the person who did the, uh, the 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 soundtrack for the Transformers movie, the animated one, not the live action no, one. Yeah. Michael. Okay. Um, next one is Thundercats. Oh yep, Thundercats. Very uh, another well-known theme song as yeah, well. Yeah, but in the newer incarnations, they didn't bring back the theme, which I thought no, was, they didn't. I thought that was disappointing. I thought yeah, they didn't bring back the theme for the 2011 version or for Thundercats Roar. Yeah, why not? Okay. I don't know. Uh, next one is Ducktales. 
of, of obvious, yes. Yeah. I mean, th this this theme song is so infamous that they even brought it back for the for the new reboot. Why not? Like it's an it's an iconic theme, and uh, everyone knows what it is. So. Exactly. There you go. Mm -hmm. Okay. According to this, uh, uh, one of the people who was in it was Ron Jones, and uh, he lent uh, his hand to the Smurfs uh, theme, Family Guy, American Dad, and Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah. So he's he's been around. For, uh, he's been he's a really well known prolific writer. Uh, next one is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're talking about a very iconic theme song from the '80s. I mean, everybody knows about Ninja Turtles. I mean, they even brought it back briefly in the 2012 theme song, where they, you know, did that, and then they they finish it up with the rap version. Yeah. In the European version, they budgeted that theme pretty badly. Oh, no. So, because uh, keep in mind, uh, n apparently, according to the suits who work in uh, the in the building upstairs, who think they know what kids uh, know about, um, apparently, uh, apparently, kids uh, at our time didn't know what a ninja was, even though mm -hmm. uh, we had Ninja Gaiden, we had you know various other versions of ninjas. Apparently, we, you know, we couldn't associate a ninja apparently with a turtle, so they decided to rename them Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. That's so. What, what, so instead of TMNT, it was TMHT. It wasn't even that. We just called them Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, or just Turtles. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was dumb. Yeah. Very interesting. We were basically led to be leaving a lie for a good generation at all. Finally, you know, <laughs> we finally were uh, exposed to the internet. So uh, okay. yeah, um, this is an obvious one. Is the Simpsons. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, Danny Elfman is always well known for his uh, amazing themes, whether it be with movies or TV shows, and of course this is no exception. Apparently, according to an interview, Danny Elfman said that he essentially based this theme song of, what if um, you know Hanna-Barbera did an opening theme song of a show that never came out? And he basically um, wrote it in, what, like a, in a day or so, and then he just put it up there, and even still to this day, every time that The, the Simpsons will be playing on TV, he would still get residual checks. So, you know, he's able to do that based off of something he came up with in a day. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yep, there's that. Uh, the next one is Darkwing Duck. Oh, I, yes, absolutely. Fantastic theme song. Yeah. And didn't, uh, they, didn't they bring this back for the new one as well? I thought. I think they, I think they did, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, they and a lot of people were, like, really excited about when they were hearing that, oh, you know, Darkwing Duck is going to be having its own special for the DuckTales series. And, you know, could this be the possibility of us having a Darkwing Duck reboot? We'll see. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, uh, he also, the person who worked on this, I believe it was Jeff Prosecco, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's also worked on Aladdin, uh, Bonkers, Goof Troop, uh, When Harry Met Sally, and The Addams Family theme. Awesome. So, That's great. Cool. And also the new Avengers of Winnie the Pooh and Webster. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right. Um, Animaniacs. Is oh, yes. Uh, you heard me singing the theme song in the uh, previous uh, episode of uh, Aaron and Patricia, so mm. I don't need to sing it again. But mm. you, you already know how much the, the, the lyrics of this are so good. I mean, you have people like Richard Stone and Jen and Stan Bernstein and Randy Rogel. They were amazing when they worked on Animaniacs. I mean, the lyrics of, and the music was just so clever. It's so amazing. I, I hope that they bring it back for the reboot. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, next one is Pinky in the Brain. 
called very sim- very very similar thing in which you have you know people like Richard Stone, Tana Jan Bernson, and uh, Randy Rogel doing the theme song for Picky in the Brain as well, and how, just as clever, just as amazing. How did you feel that they in obviously in the Animaniac show they had uh, Yakko Wacko and Dot sing the theme of Pinky in the Brain, but in when they had their own show they then replaced them basically with like a, a male chorus. I mean, I mean, it makes a lot of sense because Yakko, Wacko, and Dot are not in Pinky and the Brain. So it's a compl- so I guess you could say it's like completely separate. I mean, whether they belong in the same continuity, I'm not sure. I mean, but I mean, uh, uh, as mentioned in the one of the last episodes of Pinky and the Brain, when the lab was destroyed, they were picked up with Elmira. So I guess they all belong in the same universe. I mean, they have crossed over. Well, if you remember uh, in the one of the Halloween episodes of uh, Tiny Toon Adventures, you know, they did actually make a brain joke. So uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, next one is Daria. Oh, I love the Daria theme song. It, it fits so perfectly with the show because Daria is such a stoic, very blank slate character who just doesn't care. And the song that plays in it, You're Standing on My Neck by Splendora, is it fits so perfectly. The problem is, is that releasing Daria with the music intact is impossible because of copyright issues. That's why it, for the longest yeah. time find Daria on DVD and then when they replaced the music people were complaining they're saying like oh but the music is not anywhere near as good because well, keep the- in mind it was on MTV so if anything it was a show that was blended in with copy with with music that was playing on MTV at the time Exactly. So if you want to see Daria as it originally was, you're going to have to look through, you know, your old VHS recordings because, you know, they had to replace a lot of the music because of the copyright claims. But at least they were able to keep the theme song and some of the songs from Splendora. So mm-hmm. at least that's fitting. And yeah, it's it's a great theme song. Yeah. So uh, did they play Insane in the Membrane uh, during the credit rolls as well? I think I they did. Yeah, they did. Um, this is an obvious one. It's South Park. Oh, yeah. <laughs> South Park, yes. Uh, and, you know, it, it kind of fits in a weird sort of way. You know, they're, they're, for, they're from a small town in Colorado, so you have, like, this, um, you know, this kind of, like, country-style kind of music that is very upbeat with Liz Claypool singing the song. Although, over the seasons, they constantly revamped it and rechanged it to have, like, rock versions and drums and all that kind of stuff. So it's been constantly changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one is Family Guy. Family Guy. I mean, yeah, it's kind of akin to something that you would see in All in the Family, in which, like, they're playing through the piano and singing about, like, how things that, you know, they're not as good as they used to be, but then you have Family Values with Family Guy, which is very ironic. So, I I probably personally wouldn't put this in my top te- uh, top theme songs of all time, but for some people, I could see it. Mm. And uh, also, it led on to the Cleveland show. Uh, yeah, the Cleveland show, yeah. This is the Cleveland show. This show is not that good. (laughs) 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 It went for three seasons. That was three too many. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, Next one is Futurama. Uh, Futurama, uh, again, it, it's a really nice theme song. One that I personally wouldn't put in my favorite theme songs, even though I love Futurama. It's one of my favorites. Um, it does, you know, fit the show really well with its instrumental, but um, it definitely does like want to lure you into watching more of it. But again, I wouldn't put it in my one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. SpongeBob SquarePants. I mean, that's that's already become a classic in its own right. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Teen Titans. This is the one done by uh, Yami Yumi. Yeah, Puffy Yami Yumi. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, wasn't wasn't the deal that them doing that was that they also got their own show? 
Yep, that is very true. Yeah, in exchange for that, they also got the high, high, puffy Amiyumi show. Yeah. Wow. Like, uh, I mean, did that do anything for them at all? I, I don't think for America. I think they actually knew who they were. But to be quite honest, it is a very, very, very loose interpretation of who Puffy Amiyumi are because they are a Japanese rock band, and then you see them as like. Uh, young kids, and they go through like a bunch of crazy adventures and stuff like that with their manager. I think I think, I think you know uh, baby metal did bigger in um, in 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 America than you know uh, Buffy Amiyumi ever did, and they didn't even have a, have their own cartoon show or like any like a media like to represent them whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I don't see any other, uh, you know, cartoon series based off of a, you know, Asian pop group. I mean, otherwise I would have seen BTS by now. Um, the next one is Thinius and Ferb. Oh, Thinius and Ferb's a great theme song, yeah. I don't um, I've ever heard it. You never heard of the theme song? No, I never I, I never watched Thinius and Ferb, so it's like, it's just kind of like one that's kind of passed me by, really. So. Oh, you definitely need to watch it. It's, it's really good. Okay. Uh, Bob's Burgers. Oh, okay. Bob's Burgers, I would not agree with. I mean, I love Bob's Burgers. I, I really do love the show. But their theme song is fine. I mean, everything that's going on in the background is very interesting. But the theme song itself, I probably wouldn't agree. Okay. And that is basically the top uh, all-time themes for, uh, according to TVLine.com. So. Yeah, and actually, a lot of them were pretty good picks. Yeah, I uh, can't say I disagree with any of them. If uh, some of them I can't say I've ever listened to, but uh, you know all the other ones are classics. So exactly. Yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, now what would you have added to the list? Uh, oh, um, dare I say I'm trying to think, uh, iconic themes that everyone will recognize? Um, I think maybe uh, maybe the Godzilla theme, maybe. You know, like. Uh, mm, well, the animated series. Yeah, because. Uh, like. Godzilla, Godzuki. Yeah, well, obviously there's that, but I think they did like a, they did like their own. I think there was like they did one with like the original like uh, you know Godzilla theme from like the movies. I thought, mm, you know, maybe. like uh, um, there's also the, the Batman animated series one as well. Oh, the Batman animated series. That's a good one. Uh, if I were to think of one that I wanted to include in there, I mean Tiny Toons. They did include Tiny Toons in there, and they did include. Um, Mysterious Cities of Gold. They didn't include the Danger Mouse theme song. Um, let's see. Uh, anything else that I can think of? Uh, Gargoyles would have been a good one to have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, the Incredible Hulk. Would that have been a good theme? You think uh, maybe even Iron Man? Yeah. Iron Man would be a good one, yeah. Maybe the uh, Adventure... Uh, let's see. Maybe um, Adventures Infinite would be a good one. Uh, mm. uh, let's see if I can think of anything else. Maybe, TV series, uh, keep in mind. So, uh, like... Uh, oh, no, I'm talking about the, uh, you know, the Avengers TV series from 2011. Oh, right. Okay, then. That had a great theme song and spectacular Spider-Man and Static Shock. What, what do you think about the Superman uh, TV theme? Think, it's uh, fine. No, no, we're good. no, we're as good as Batman's, though. Okay. It's fine. Um, Cyber Six would be an amazing theme song to include on the list, even though I know it's a lot. It's very obscure for a lot of people. Um, well, let's see. Uh, if we were to include like a Nickelodeon theme song, I guess Rocco's Modern Life or Rugrats, Rugrats Angry Beavers, hey, hey Arnold. Arnold. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's plenty of themes to include, but obviously these are the top ones because they've obviously stood the test of time. So. Exactly. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, moving on, let's move on to this. Uh, 2020 apparently is not going to be all that bad because apparently the Game Boy is coming back. 
Yeah, I know, right? So this is a very massive shock for me. Now, here's the thing. I have heard information regarding about, like, we found an old prototype of a video game from 20 or 30 years ago that never happened, and now we're going to distribute it. So this is no exception. So we have this game that's going to be coming out for the Game Boy, and it's going to be, what was it, Dragonborn or something? Dragonborn, yeah. So um, this is, uh, I'm trying to think who uh, actually made, um, it's actually a, an existing series, so uh, Dragonborn has been, like, uh, brought, like is an existing franchise at the moment so um they're planning to bring this out for the nintendo game boy in january 2021 so yeah like uh, now here's the thing it is based off of, it is an indie studio which makes a lot of sense because indie studios always like to do you know in addition to like their main games they always want to do a spin-off game uh like for example um you know they did uh the castle the the castlevania spiritual successor with uh what was it uh, curse of the moon or something uh, no, Bloodstain. I'm sorry, yeah. Bloodstain. Actually, though, it's like uh, uh, are Nintendo allowing them to do it though? Like, keep in mind, like uh, they're pretty um, uptight about what games get released on their consoles. They don't really care, to be quite honest, because it's the Game Boy. They've already gone past it. Remember when we talked a few months ago that they already removed the 3DS from their website? So it's like, I th I don't think that they really care anymore as long as, um, you know, that they're, they're sticking to, like, uh, you know, pr um, certain standards with copyright. I mean, yeah. they already like that Sega Genesis game that was canceled 30 years ago and on a Sega Genesis console and you know Sega never complained. Well yeah, so, Sega Sega, but, well, Sega like took uh, like all the fan games and made Sonic Mania. So obviously they'll they'll, they'll happily take, you know, uh, suggestions from their own fans, but uh, Nintendo on the other hand, I'm not too sure. So Yeah, that's completely fair. So yeah, I, I don't know whether they're going to get any complaints from Nintendo, but from the looks of it, it seemed like um they're, they're, I mean, it seemed like, uh, you know, this is based off of a, you know, a, an in, I guess it was based off of a Kickstarter that, you know, hey, if we raise this amount of money, then you'll get a Game Boy version of this game that we have already from, that we're developing. So I actually think that that's pretty cool that they were able to, you know, revitalize something as old as the Game Boy. I mean, we're talking about a, uh, a, a handheld that's over 30 years old. Yeah. So, oh, mind you, I'm sure there's people still out there making homebrew games, I guess. Well, absolutely. I see it all the time online in which, like, you know, they would do demakes, uh, which if you don't know what a demake is, it's essentially like, you know how remakes, they would ramp up the graphics and the music? Well, a demake is that they would reduce it, like make it into like 8 or 16-bit. I've seen 16-bit or 8-bit versions of like Final Fantasy or Mega Man 8 or any of those games. So I have seen my fair share of like, oh, let's take this game. It's like, what would it look like if Doom Eternal was running on a Game Boy? Or what would it look like if, um, you know, this game was on this? So I've seen my fair share of it. And I guess for Dragonborn is no exception. I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, we're slowly running out of time, so obviously we'll just mention that. And uh, but and finally, uh, we will talk about uh, Metroid Prime Four. Uh, Retro Studios is remodeling its HQ and uh, to aid development of the new game. So. Yes, so they are going to be um, having them a uh, new building with is going to be completely renovated so that they can be able to finish the process of Metroid Prime 4. Now, a lot of people have been complaining that Metroid Prime 4 has been taking a long time to develop, and I, you have to understand that Metroid Prime 4 was originally developed by another studio. Nintendo didn't like where they were going, and so they decided to completely start over from scratch, and they decided to bring back Retro Studios to do it since they already did the other Metroid Prime games. And they've been doing a lot of hiring, and um, you know, people were like, oh, are they even done with the game? Hey, at least they're making progress with it. If they're going to 
dedicate a lot of money to, you know, revamping their studio and hiring more people who are more than qualified to do this, then I'm all for it. This sounds like, like uh, this is like the development of like uh, I can't remember which sequel it was. Like uh, it sounds like the development of Toy Story all over again. Do you remember when uh, uh, they were planning to like uh, put Pixar on the you know uh, to one side and they were going to like develop their own sequels? So like yeah, uh, yeah if you remember that, like uh, it kind of reminds me of that like you know Nintendo is oh we're just going to uh, develop this uh, you know on our own. Oh hey, we screwed it up. Okay, Retro Studios, can you just come back and help us do this, please? Like you know, like uh, you know, it's just uh, that just seems to be how it seems to have uh, come about. So uh, yeah, but. Uh, if they're aiming for 2021 and uh, we're going to have that, then cool. I think uh, we'll be looking forward to it. Oh, I, I am definitely looking forward to it. I mean, as you guys know, I am a massive Metroid fan. Uh, Super yeah. Metroid's my favorite game well, of all time. Well, I'm not too sure. I mean, here's the thing about this, and this is what we're going to do a debate before we're going to close out the show. I'm not a massive fan of the 3D Metroid games. I'm more of a fan of the 2D version ones. I liked Metroid, Super Metroid, and I liked Metroid Fusion. And uh, I also did like uh, some of the uh, the Game Boy ones as well. I'm not, I, I don't know, like, uh, I'm still yet to be kind of sold on. I played Metroid Prime for like, you know, a couple of minutes and I just wasn't really all that into it. And so, That's like, true. you know, like, uh, if, if you ask me, like, if you ask me if, if I like to play a Metroid game in 2D or 3D, I think I would say 2D. Yeah, and a lot of people have been wondering about whether they should bring back the 2D games because, I mean, they did so with uh, Zelda. If you remember that they did so for, um, uh, you know, Link Between Worlds and then Link's Awakening got a remake and a lot of people love those. So people were thinking, why can't Metroid have the same, uh, same thing? It's like we saw the remake of Metroid 2 with the return of Samus. And now people are saying we, we need to have a, a 2D remake of Super Metroid or, you know, we, you know, finish the story that was left behind in Metroid Fusion. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, next year will be the 30th anniversary of Metroid. So I'm hoping that Nintendo doesn't drop the ball again like they did mm -hmm. for their 25th anniversary. Yeah. So, um, well, mind you, like, uh, I mean, uh, when we were talking about the uh, the Mario movie and then they were talking about like other franchises as well. I think it wasn't it wasn't Metroid also mentioned as well at some point. Yeah some mention of it for sure because you have to understand that metroid is very popular in america more than it is in japan the japanese don't really care too much about the metroid franchise compared to like any of the other nintendo properties such as mario or kirby or zelda so um if it, if it is going if there is going to be a metroid property it's definitely going to be leaning more toward the american audience than the japanese audience yeah like well i mean in regards to uh metroid i mean if it's if it's got an audience somewhere then yeah you know it's like it's, it's got a feature as far as i'm concerned so sure yeah, yeah. go for it so and who knows maybe maybe the japanese audience might pick it up at some point I, I think so. I think that, you know, at some point the Japanese will appreciate Metroid for what it is. Yeah. And I like um, to think that uh, Smash Brothers has probably been like you know, the massive eye opener, I think, for not just, uh, you know, uh, audiences in some places, but like, you know, kind of like all over the world because it's like, oh, wow, look at all these characters. Like, hey, I'll, I'll pick up their games and see what they're, what they're like. I mean, that's, that's how, you know, games such as the Mother series, Fire Emblem, Kid Icarus... Um, that's how all those games became mainstreamly popular because these games were released specifically in Japan. We knew nothing about them with, with the exception of Kid Icarus, but then again, they only had two games and the last one came out in 1991, which when, you know, uh, when Pit was introduced in Super Smash Brothers Brawl, which was 2008. So that was like over 20 years since his last game. So it's like, hey, you know, these characters are in this game. 
let's, you know, play the games to see what they're about. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, with the more inclusions of Metroid characters like Ridley and Dark Samus, I think that, you know, more people will be interested in, like, featuring these characters. I mean, I would love to see the hunters from Metroid Prime hunters in the game. That would be so cool. Or, you know, the SAX, even though I know it's just going to be like, it, it looks just like Samus, except that she's corrupted. So that's probably not going to happen. But, um, you know, feature, feature the, 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 uh, feature the bounty hunters from Metroid Prime three, like, um, you know, Gendreda or, or, or Gore or Rundus or, um, maybe, uh, well, I don't know. Well, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but, uh, you know, feature Kraid or feature, um, Mother Brain or feature, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah. uh, well, Patricia, I would love to like uh, cycle through all every single Metro character, but unfortunately our time is up. So, uh, uh, yeah. all right then. So. Okay. <laughs> all right then guys. Well, uh, just before we let you go, uh, just to remind you that, uh, you know, we've not had too much uh, about the election, even though it's like the weekend before it, but uh, just to let you guys know that uh, we are going to be doing a live stream this Tuesday. It's going to be starting at midnight on uh, in the UK, but it'll be starting basically after the Florida polls close. And uh, then uh, basically we'll just be picking up from there. Some people are starting at, like 10 and uh, stuff like that. As far as I'm concerned, I think that's a bit too early because all this is going to be people talking amongst themselves about, you know, oh, hey, this is what the uh, things were about. We're basically just going to try and start off as uh, late as possible. And uh, then we're just going to basically pick up all the reactions and all the uh, results as they all come in. So Yeah. Cool. So that's all we do. All right, then, everybody. Well, uh, take, take care. And if you're going to go out to vote on Tuesday, definitely go out to vote. And if you've not voted already, and uh, so, but until then, we will see you all on Tuesday. Take care, and bye-bye for now. See you later.